NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? I hope you're right. You bloody well better be. Because this is episode 999 of NBA Australia, and I'm excited. The in-season tournament quarterfinals are done. We've got our final four. We're going to Vegas. Well, we're not, but the league is, I guess, for a couple of games. That'll be fun. Either way, we're going to talk about that in today's show. It is Wednesday, December 6th. Hump. Day, and we call this the day before the big day. The thousandth episode of NBA Australia tomorrow, which is chaos in my brain. Really looking forward to that. It should be good. Uh, either way, I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. Uh, you can also see My Ugly Mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, Fox Sports Lab NFL, all the good stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studios, giving you the lowdown on all things NBA. With a little bit of Australia thrown in. No Aussies in action today. It was weird. Don't like it. Anyway, we're going to wrap up Bucks, Knicks, Suns, Lakers. Not a bunch of other news really today, so that'll be kind of it. Uh, in the game wraps, we've got That's Not a Knife, All Mate, No Mates, Better Than Night, Better Than Lonzo Ball, we've got some Yeah Nars, we've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day, and we've got our back take house where we're serving up a flame grill take. Uh, there's an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence, and I believe a Shane Hill. Shoot a shoot, shoot a shot, light him up award. Uh, and then we'll preview a huge, it's a massive slate tomorrow because it's basically every other team going, oh, yeah, so we didn't have any games because we didn't make the quarters of the knockouts, so they're going to play us all on Thursday, which would be fun. I'm excited because it just means heaps of basketball for the 1,000th episode. <laughs> ah, yeah, the 1,000th episode also has a special guest. I'm stoked on that, uh, so I can't wait to share that with you tomorrow. But in the meantime, we're going to get stuck into 999. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the chuck attack if you're Zion. He's not in shape. He doesn't run. He plays his game strictly on talent. I mean, you're not wrong there, Chuck, but it's pretty, like, what is it, glass houses? <laughs> Pot, kettle, all that gear. <laughs> He's not in shape. He doesn't run. He plays the game strictly on talent. You're right. You're not wrong, Chuck, but as a bloke who won a uh, MVP in 1993 who did pretty much the same thing. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the Daily whip around. Oh, Jim, isn't this usually the daily whinge around where you talk about your various ailments? Yes, but I'm feeling all right today. The foot is slowly getting better. I dropped the squids off at daycare this morning and uh, kindy and uh, sort of walking back to the car. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it in the office, but it doesn't hurt quite as much as it has. And then as we've gotten further in the day, it's feeling a little bit better. So that's good. Uh, still got the broken finger, of course, which is pretty bad if you're a writer. I don't know. That's my job. Uh, but otherwise, cruising along. Uh, right. In-season tournament. The semis are set. We have the box, Pacers, and Lakers, Pelicans. Weird matchups. Kind of excited. It's going to be awesome. Oh boy. Uh, so when do they all take place, Jim? Well, that all happens on our Friday, you see. The cool part is I believe we also get a uh, very odd time with the Indy Milwaukee. It's Algonquin for the Goodland game. It's like a 9 a.m. start our Friday because they're trying to like sort of get it knocked over early Pacific time over there. So that'll be kind of good. We set up for some uh, tins. Should I do some tins for tomorrow's show? I might as well. That'll be fun. You know, celebrate the big 1,000. It's pretty cool. 1K, that's a lot. All right, other news outside of the in-season tournament. Uh, Brad Beal started his ramp-up process, which is kind of nice. Uh, so he should be returning in the next week and a half, they reckon, there for Phoenix. Tell you what, they could have used him today because there was a couple of spuds out there. Tell you what, jeez. Uh, otherwise, other injury news. Chris Paul and Andrew Wiggins are both probable for the game against Portland tomorrow. Uh, for the Warriors, which is very, 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 very good news if you're a Warriors fan because I was uh, looking forward to this game and going, well, I reckon Portland can almost pull off the upset, but not 
anymore. Carmelo Anthony mentioned that the Pelicans called him about joining the team. Also, he got a call from like China, 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 uh, the Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> it always did feel like Melo was built for China, but you know he's hanging out. He's busy. Uh, and Rashid Wallace had an interesting moment uh, talking about how David Stern basically threatened to fuck up the uh, Trailblazers' drafts because of all the drama surrounding the Jailblazers. Uh, it's an interesting listen because he's sort of like, yeah, you know, he said, I'm going to make life pretty hard for you with the upcoming drafts. And to me, like, it seems like the headlines and the read from Rashid, the read from Rashid, yeah, uh, sounds like. You know, Stern was going to rig it so the Blazers would get fucked. To me, it just sort of sounds like, yeah, if you keep fucking up, we're going to, like, dock you draft picks. So, anyway. Tell you what, the David Stern Cup. That's what we're going to call that NBA Cup, isn't it? What are we doing here? Anyway, let's do some game wraps. Game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps, game wraps. Game wraps. Game wraps, that's right. The Bucks beat the Knicks 146-122. And when I say beat... So he got straight killed. The Knicks... We're giving up 105.5 points a game. That was the best in the league, third best defensive rating in the NBA. And, uh, well, I don't know. I'm no math magician. <laughs> we've, we've established that. But if you take 23 three-pointers while the other team makes 23 three-pointers, you're probably going to lose that game. And that's exactly what the Knicks did. By 24, absolute chaos. They let the Bucks shoot 60% from the floor and over 60% from three. That is gross. <laughs> oh, the Knickerbockers. It was a weird game too. Randall started off super hot and he was hot all basically all game, right? Like six to six through the first 12 points in the first quarter. Giannis had 12 in the first as well. Uh, but this was like set off at a breakneck pace. There was very little defense being played Seemingly everywhere. Everybody got a case of the Indiana Paceritis. Uh, it was like 46-43, like with nine minutes to go in like the fucking second quarter. It was nuts. Uh, like the Bucks scored over 34 points in all four quarters. That is insane. Anyway, um, the Knicks didn't make a three for a big chunk of time in this game. And that's really sort of where it fell apart uh, for them. I think it was like, there was a big free throw disparity on the Knicks' behalf because Randall and Brunson and RJ Barrett kept sort of getting, you know, forcing their way to the line. The Bucks were just hitting everything, though. So they're like, ah, well, you don't need to get to the line if you're just making every fucking three. Um, I think there was a point where there were seven made threes for the Bucks and, like, the Knicks hadn't hit anything yet. It was like 57 52 with six and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Like, Giannis had 15. The Bucks had gone on a stretch where they hit 15 of 18 field goals. It was just stupid. Randall finally hit a three. He had 21 points in that first half. Ends up with 25 and 9 and 9 from the floor in the first half. He was perfect. 9 and 9 from the floor, 1 and 1 from three, 6 and 6 from the free throw line. It was a three-point lead for the Bucks, 75-72. And you're right, like, all right, the Knicks are in this. Then, oh, oh, geez. Literally, to start the third quarter, the Bucks went, yeah, look, this has been cute, but also we're better than these dudes, right? Rip off a 12-3 run to start the third quarter. It ends up being a 16-6 run, and they just took the game away from the Knicks. It was like 91-78, and they never looked back, right? The Knicks surrendered the most points they have all season, giving up as many threes as they attempted, and they just ran over the top of them. Outscored them by 13 in that third quarter, and then suddenly you're just like, oh, shit. Well, you're up 16 going into the fourth, and the Bucks just kept on going. It was nuts. Everybody was getting into the action. So uh, Dame Lillard and you know Malik Beasley went 11 of 17 between the two of them from downtown, and that completely cooked the Knicks. I mean, those two alone, like Beasley alone, nearly hit more threes than the entirety of the Knicks combined. So, yep, just one of those uh, one of those days where the Bucks hit everything, the Knicks couldn't get any stops. Really, 20 plus three point uh, field goals made, 60 percent from the floor, 60 percent from three. They are the tenth team in history to do that. The Bucks. So. That's pretty tough to beat. I tell you, I will tell you. Randall ends up with 41. Played his ass off. And this is one of those games where you're like, yeah, Randall did absolutely everything in his power to get this team over the hump. He had six rebounds. He had five assists. Only the four turnovers. 
somehow was a minus 21 when scoring 41 points and shooting 14 of 19 from the floor. That is brutal. It really, really is. Uh, the tough part for me is like Brunson, it's like, oh, he had 24 and 6, bro. Yeah, but he went 0 of 5 from 3. And if Brunson's not nailing threes, it just gets really difficult because RJ Barrett had 23 and 8 with one assist. Uh, shot 7 of 18, however, 1 of 4 from downtown. So if you're going to have like two of your main scoring threats on your starters, go 1 of 9 from 3. Yeah. You cook. That's as many threes as Giannis hit. And he did it on one attempt. <laughs> Josh Hart at 11 and 4. There were seven points for Don Daddy Vincenzo. Uh, he went 1 of 4 from deep. And so did Emmanuel Quickly at seven points too. He was uh, not great with IQ, I'll tell you. And Q Grimes, just out there getting some cardio in. 18 minutes, 0 of 1 from the floor, which was a 3. And four fouls. One rebound, one steal. That was it. It was a weird one, where he's just out there sort of just doing his thing. 4, 7, and 5 with a couple of blocks for Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah. But the 16 turnovers really fucking killed the uh, Knicks as well. Because the Bucks just, look, they only had 12 of their own. My favorite thing is, like, they hit so many shots between the two of them. That there was, uh, what, 37 rebounds to 36. So the Knicks have been one of the better rebounding teams. Didn't matter. <laughs> because when the Bucks are hitting everything, there's not that many rebounds to be gotten. So there you go. Uh, Giannis for the Bucks, 35, 8, and 10 with three steals. Incredible game, 15 to 22. The bit where he basically just picks up the ball in transition, has one dribble and dunks. You're like, what is just from like half court? It's just fucking stupid. Uh, 14, 4, and 7 for Middleton. Really, really good game for him. And uh, he had the 9.8 rebound, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks from Brooke Lopez. And then Dame and Malik Beasley. If you're, as I mentioned, starting back court is going to go, what, 11 of 17 from downtown? Yeah, you're probably going to win that game. So Dame ends up with 28 and 7. He was unreal. Slow start, but then just absolutely fucking laced everything from there on in. 18 for Beasley. Just crushing it at the moment. Fighting Bobby Portis, fighting around the world. Had 13 and 4 as well. He had Marjol Beauchamp hitting a couple of threes, looking very, very good. But the surprise packet early on was AJ Green. He hit three threes, and you're like, Jesus, what is going on? Ends up with the nine points. Very nice. And campaign. Out there stealing Mikhail Bridges' uh, three point celebration. He had 12 points as well. He hit a couple of threes. And when that's going on, it's, yeah, all she wrote, folks. So the Bucks are on their way to Vegas. They moved to 15 and 6 for the season. The Knicks dropped to 12 and 8. It was a tough one. Look, I'd pick the uh, the Knicks. I thought they could drag the Bucks into the mud, kick their ass. But this was the game where the Bucks went, mm, instead of that happening, how about we just hit every shot? And you're like, yep, uh, that's a pretty good approach. <laughs> I'll tell you. Just do that, and you're probably winning in a lot of games. The Suns-Lakers, though. This game was a little bit closer, wasn't it? 106, the Lakers beat the Suns 103 in chaotic circumstances at the end of this game. There's a reddish take foul that's not called. There's a fucking timeout given to the Lakers where they've inbounded the ball with, like, what, seven seconds left? Austin Reeves fumbles it, is losing the ball everywhere, and then the refs somehow... Go, well, LeBron's got a timeout. We better give it to him. And if you ever wanted any, any indication that Adam Silver's on the old dog and bone going, uh, yeah, give them the timeout and uh, we need them in Vegas. There's your fucking proof. <laughs> that was a phantom timeout call. It was a phantom non-fucking take foul on Reddish. This was a hunk of dog shit from the refs down the stretch. Oh, we're going to have so many sleepless nights. Just remembering all the fucked up things we did. Oh, we're going to just try to be better. They can't wait for the ref's apology tomorrow for fucking over the sun. So, weird game, fun game. Austin Reeves had a behind-the-back pass that he turned over to Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon hits a three. I tweet out, oh, man, that is just sort of like watching a dude hit his limits in fucking real time. Austin Reeves then proceeded to hit 13 points and the game-winning three. So, uh, the lesson there for me is shut the fuck up, Jim. <laughs> It was uh, very much a rejoinder where of uh, Gra- Austin Reeves just turned into the absolute Michael Jordan meme of, and I took that personally. Fuck you, you ginger bastard, says Austin Reeves. Bang! Uh, awesome game, though. Look, 
A bad first quarter for the Suns. They were down 10, right? They had nine turnovers. They kept saying on the broadcast, it's 10 turnovers. I'm like, everything I'm seeing with the tracking is nine, but whatever. Uh, they had more turn. Well, they had as many turnovers as made field goals in that first quarter. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that's bad. Uh, AD was dominating early too. He had 12 points really early on. Ends up with the 27 and 15 without taking a three. It's a bit weird now, but anyway. Uh, the thing for me is that the Lakers look just that much bigger, that much more active, and that much more athletic, right? LeBron hitting a three at the end of the first was pretty big. They kept a foot on the throat in the second quarter as well, outscored them again by two. And you're like, geez, AD's just scoring a will. He had 20 points by that point. I think, what, it was 17 combined from Booker and KD as well. So it just wasn't really flowing for the Suns, like, 14, 4, and 7 for LeBron at the half. He was sort of controlling everything. He had a great game. We'll talk about him again in a second, but 59, 47 at the half. The Lakers just looking deep and dangerous all of a sudden. And Booker and KD were looking pretty underwhelming, right? Like, Gordon wasn't doing anything. Grayson Allen was hitting sort of lots of shots, and he continued to do so. But this was the one where you go, oh, yeah, without Brad Beal, the Suns... Don't have much in the way of depth because they traded everybody in that, uh, you know, to go get KD and then to go get, you know, give up on Aiton to go get Nurkic and sign Yuta Wantanabe's not playing and Saban Lee who's not playing and Shemezi Metu who's not playing and suddenly it's a lot of Nasir Little and Goodwin and Kata Bates-Diop and <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, great. So the thing is the Suns, Start that third quarter with a big bang. They just go, fuck you, Jim. I don't care. 10-0 run from the Suns. It's 57-59 in like no time. Lakers call a timeout. KD gets his sick dunk. Boom. Tie games, a 12-0 run. 14-0 run. The Suns have taken the lead. Lakers then settle down. Austin Reeves then proceeds to go completely fucking nuts. 13 points in the third quarter. Gets them back in it and sort of keeps them neck and neck down the stretch of that third quarter. Almost single-handedly at times. You're like, is he just going to keep scoring? Fuck me. And then LeBron, though. That fourth quarter from LeBron was something special. Uh, Basically, scoring or assisting on pretty much every bucket down the stretch. You're like, oh, yeah, he's still pretty good. That LeBron can play. And he just really wants to go to Vegas, seemingly. Even though, you know, he can pretty much go to Vegas at any point. But, god damn, he was absolutely fantastic. And that fourth quarter was just, it was very silly how good he was. But using his superpower to call a phantom timeout when, you know, they didn't have the ball is pretty amazing. Because this is a game changer. If you can call a timeout without having possession of the ball, like, just think of the times that this could be pretty applicable. (laughs) Uh, LeBron had 15 points in that third quarter. Austin Reeves hits a massive three that keeps him up and, uh, crushes it. Lakers go to Vegas. The fourth quarter LeBron takeover will never get old. That was fucking gnarly. But the best part was this was sort of back and forth. It ends with a three-point attempt from Kevin Durant that's an air ball. That's uh, not great, I'll tell you. But there you go. Lakers get through by the skin in their teeth. I feel like the Suns absolutely blew this game. Lakers got a bit of a helping hand there. Incredible stuff, though. Uh, for KD, he ends up with 31-7-4 with five turnovers. He shot 12-17, of 17, including 4-7 of seven from deep. Grayson Allen goes 4-8 of eight from three as well for his 21. 21-11-6 for Devin Booker. 1-1 uh, one one from three for Devin Booker. One of those things where you're like, I feel like you and Brad Beal are better three-point shooters than we think, you know? But they don't... Well, we think they're better three-point shooters than they are, perhaps, yeah. They're just not big volume three-point shooters, and that's kind of what this Suns team vaguely needs. If Eric Gordon's only going to take four and Grayson Allen's going to shoot eight, you need a couple more there, fellas. What are you doing? Anyway, weird one. Uh, as I mentioned, that bench didn't do a giant amount because you had, what, seven points for Goodwin, five for Nasir Little. Drew Eubanks was handy at times, but I also had a couple of bad turnovers. Um, and Eric Gordon, seven points and eight shots, just went a little bit MIA. For the Lakers, it was the AD and LeBron show, 31 11 and Wait, 31, 8, 11, and 5, sorry, for LeBron. That is ridiculous. 31 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, and 5 steals. Get the fuck out of here. 12 of 25, shooting 2 of 4 from 3. Anthony Davis with the 27 and 15. 7 points in the second half. Didn't matter. Uh, 
he was an absolute monster on the O boards as well. Just like the second chance time, like the second chance opportunities he afforded them meant that even though they shot 37% from the floor, they took a whopping 27 more shots than the Suns. 27! It was 75 field goal attempts for the Suns to 102 for the Lakers because they had 21 offensive rebounds. That's just stupid. Uh, 5 3 and 3 for Torian, the Red Bull Prince. Austin Reeves had the 20 off the bench with six, re- uh, six rebounds, two assists. He was unreal. 3 of 8. D'Lo didn't do a giant amount. He had 5 assists and 8, eight points. Cam Reddish was horrible. 0 of 4 from the floor, 4 points and a bad foul late. It should have been a take foul, but apparently not going to call that if you're the uh, refs watching the Lakers. And a weird one. But either way, huge win for the Lakers. 20 turnovers for the Suns to 9. That's the big point for me. And uh, the Suns dropped to 12 and 8 for the season. Lakers are 12 and 9, but they are going to Vegas. Love it. All right, let's turn NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Ah, I'll tell you what's a knife. Giannis and LeBron. Jesus Christ. And Giannis ends up with, like, what? 35, 8, and 10 with three steals. He shot 15 and 22. That's 68% from the floor. And, uh, yeah, not bad. Seriously, the eight rebounds, though, the 10 assists, the three steals, one-on-one from downtown, almost drops the triple-double. He was fantastic, Giannis. And it was just like, yeah, sometimes you don't need to be, you know, scoring in the clutch when you're kicking the fuck out of a team. (laughs) And that's what he did. And LeBron James, who's about to turn 39, he's what? He had 31 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, five steals. You're taking the piss he was a plus 11 in a game they won by three, in, and he played 40 minutes. Jesus. Just one of those ones you're like, God damn, they got slaughtered in the eight minutes he wasn't on the court. Uh, but 12 of 25 from the floor, two of four from downtown. That is just, it's just egregious how good he was. It's just like death taxes LeBron James to have been very fucking good. 15 points in the fourth quarter, scoring and assisting on like just most of them. Absolutely unfucking real. That was a monster game by LeBron. Can play. <laughs> Can play a bit. I'm going to talk about this again later in our back takeouts, but yeesh. Who was on mate? No mates. Wait, no. Spud of the night. Spud, 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 it's just one of those moments where you go, the Knicks bench really just hinges on if he plays well. It's like, oh, the Knicks are deep and they're good. It's like, yeah, they've got Josh Hart. Isaiah, Isaiah Hartenstein, hello. But outside of that, like if Emmanuel quickly is not giving them the proper scoring punch they need off the bench, then they fall apart real fucking quickly. And in 19 minutes today, he went one of seven from the floor. One of seven for his seven points. That was absolutely brutal. And it's sort of, he's the dude who keeps them afloat, right? Like if you have the likes of Brunson and Randall off the court for just a little bit, having a bit of a uh, bit of a breather, quickly is the one who steps up, goes right. Point of attack, super quick. He can come off those curls. He can just do lots of damage on or off the ball. But everything sort of runs through him for a minute. He and RJ have like these moments where it's like, yeah, cool. Tag team, let's go. If Brunson and Randall are out of the game, whatever, and quickly just did not have it going at all. And so if he didn't have that going, they're going to lose. That's exactly what happened. Seven points and seven shots was absolutely brutal. Uh, but, of course, we had Suns-Lakers, which gave us the immortal 0 of 4 from uh, Cam Reddish. It was just just bad. Minus eight in a the game. They won by three and he played 30 minutes. That's just it's not very good. But I would, of course. It is just it's good to have him back, isn't it? D-Lo! That's right. D'Angelo Russell had eight points on what shooting, Jim? On what shooting? What did he shoot? He went and shot 311. Who's all mate, no mates? 
Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, I guess it's probably the Suns for getting completely dogged by the refs there at the end. Uh, Julius Randle, though, it's like he's like going to be sitting there going, what the fuck more can I do? And then you've still got Knicks fans going, oh, they were too Randle-centric. It was just, oh, it's just too much, you know, ISO ball for Randle. It's like he scored 41 and 14 and 19 shooting. He was not the problem today. <laughs> like, at all. That was fucking brutal. Uh, but, yeah, it's the Suns getting dogged by the refs right there at the end. The reddish take foul and then the just egregious timeout that wasn't. That's just fucking, that's a kick in the balls if you're the Suns. Uh, also, a quick little extra old mate, no mates. I did forget to mention this uh, stat yesterday. It's the Jalen Brown stat, which has been floating around and is fantastic across his last couple of games. Uh, where Jalen Brown is just like, oh yeah, nah, nah, man, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna get an assist because that'd be fucking stupid, eh? Bloke getting paid three hundred million bucks, and he has now taken over his last two games, forty-three field goal attempts with zero assists. And you've got ESPN going, ah, look at Jalen Brown, forty-three field goal attempts without zero assists, and Jalen Brown going, fucking open your eyes and watch the game, man. It's like, ah, oh, I don't know, Jalen. If I was taking 43 shots across two games, I'd probably try to log one assist. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, pantsing of the night. Press the button. The Knicks on that sick Giannis alley-oop from Middleton, from the out-of-bounds, side out-of-bounds, was very fucking cool. That's a pantsing by the Knicks. But just in general, like the Knicks got fucking straight killed, as I said, right? They got straight killed. So he got straight killed. And Austin Reeves trying behind the back pass, only to give it up and Gordon hit a transition was definitely something. And then it was a pantsing of me for tweeting that out and going, ah, oh, yeah, hitting his limit right in front of us. Pretty dumb. Good job, Austin Reeves. And then he's like, hey, Jim, fuck you. And pants me by going absolutely fucking hammer and tongs. And that leads us very nicely into... Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Austin Reeves, not only did he pants me with an absolute game-winning performance, but look, the way that he was incredible in that third quarter and scoring those 13 points, uh, even sort of like scrambling for that ball, even though he lost basically, but being, what, 102-101, Austin Reeves just pulling up for that three with 16 seconds left and fucking nailing it. That is huge. Absolutely huge. He ends up with the 20 points, six rebounds, played his ass off, two assists, seven of 16 from the floor, three of eight from downtown. Again, played 27 minutes, and in those minutes, he was a plus 17. That is fucking ridiculous in a game that they won by three points. So Austin Reeves today, easily better than Lonzo Ball. Uh, do we have a magic tweet for today? I did check this out. There is a uh, one from yesterday, but I would like to see if magic is actually updated with a, uh, I don't know, game recap <laughs> from Suns Lakers. But it looks like he wasn't watching because he's tweeted out, USC freshman Juju Watkins is must-see TV, setting women's college basketball on fire. With their thir- fourth 30-point game, Watkins broke the freshman record held by Lisa, Leslie, and Paul and McGee for most 30-point games in a season at Juju B. Ballin. Uh what do we say? Thanks, Magic. <laughs> sure. All right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Let's do some here now. It's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt. They're very nice. Uh, We also have stubby holders, coffee mugs. I haven't put them up on the shop yet, but they're there. Uh, Send us an email or a DM if you want one. Um, But that's it. Go to mbaaustralia.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. There's a very nice button there. I'll take you through to the Shopify store and you can go fucking hammering songs. Uh, 
Might do a sale for the thousandth episode. What do you reckon? See how we go. Uh, go check it out. All right, let's do some yeah, nahs. And yeah, it's the thousandth episode tomorrow, so fucking go support your favorite one thousandth episode daily NBA Australian basketball program. <laughs> this one <laughs> by buying a hoodie or a t-shirt. Uh, right, Miko. Hey Jim, long time listener, first time. Um, yeah, Nara. <laughs> That's a good one. These drawn-out reviews by the refs are killing the flow of the game. It shouldn't take that long. Yeah, nah, yes. I've long been a proponent, Miko, uh, of the the refs can only watch replays at game speed and they have a shot clock's time to make a decision. 24 seconds, watch the replay at game speed, make a decision, move the fuck on. Like, perfect is the enemy of good sometimes, right? So let's just fucking move it along. There was one earlier this week where it's just like, the players are fucking cooling down. Like someone's going to pull a fucking hammy because they've been standing around holding their nuts while the refs are fucking umming and ahhing over an out-of-bounds call. Just make the fucking call and let's move the fuck on. This shit isn't like rocket surgery sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, And he also adds, anyone but the Lakers for the in-season champs? Yeah, nah, I mean... uh, (laughs) Yeah. But the Lakers, oh, God. The Lakers! Were good today, so that's a big win. What can you do? Uh, I would love, love, love to see the Pacers win this now because... Further to like the conversation we had on yesterday's show, right? I had a couple. I think Scotty Baxter was like, "Fuck, that was like the first Pacers game I've watched this year. They're the most fun game, most most fun team to watch in the NBA." It's like, yeah, like I still stick with. I think my favorite three, right? The Pacers, the Kings, and the Nugs, uh, because there are other teams that sort of like get have these moments where they get sort of stuck in the mud. And I'm looking at you, Dallas, right? Like Dallas can be really, really, really fun but they just have some weird funkiness to them that I'm just like, ugh. They sort of just hit brick walls a little bit too often. Orlando, if they had a point guard, like, they would be substantially more fun to watch, but they are really fun. And the same sort of thing goes with the Cavs. Like, I feel like I should be enjoying watching the Cavs more than I am, but I don't know. Donnie Mitchell just sort of leaves me a little bit cold sometimes. Whereas, like, Garland, Mobley, and Allen and Co., awesome. Fun. Yes, let's go. But anyway, like the Sixers have actually been surprisingly fun this year as well. Nick Nurse, that's a fun fucking coach. And then the Thunder. So there's probably like your top sort of six, right? Like that Pacers, Kings, Nuggets, Thunder, Magic, Mavs, Cavs. There's seven. Yeah. Sixes, eight. Cool. Nice one. Uh, right. Is Middleton getting healthier as the season goes on the secret source for this Bucks team? Yeah, nah. Yes. Like, you saw it today. There's just, like, a connection between he and Giannis. And, like, Middleton gets shit on all the time, right, for, oh, he's just not good enough. He's getting old. It's like, yeah. But also, as he sort of returns from that injury, like, he'll just get better and better and better. And the way that they're sort of just, like, very, very slowly, slowly, slowly bringing him along means that they're doing it the right way and not taking any fucking chances. So if he's back to his full powers by the end of the season, like, that is kind of like the thing that you got to keep an eye on for the Bucks. I said this actually on yesterday's show, right? Like if the Knicks, the Knicks should win that. I was like, I picked the Knicks to win that game. If they drag them into the mud, you know, make it a defensive slog. They weren't able to do that because the Bucks went out and went, fuck you, kapow. This is the thing. The Bucks might actually now just go on a big kapow run and just fucking steamroll teams for like, and win 12 straight. And win the actual entire fucking thing of the in-season tournament. So it wouldn't surprise me at all because they are dangerous as shit. And Middleton being there is uh, pretty pretty chaos. So, yeah. Uh, right. 1,000th episode tomorrow as well. I want you to send in some ENRs. If you're listening, just shoot through something on the socials. DM, fucking Twitter. Hit me up. At me. Through Facey. Instagram. Whatever. I will just run through a bunch of audience ENRs, I reckon. That'll be really fucking fun. I'll probably sit here with a couple of tins, answer some questions. It'll be fun as shit. It'll be a nice celebration of all things NBA Australia. What do you reckon? So if you can do that, that'll be handy. Help your mate Jim out. Fuck you. Yeah. All right, what about the unpopular opinion of the day? Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. 
I fucking hate that basketball is covered by people who apparently fucking hate basketball. Nick Friedel today was like, oh, <laughs> what happens if the Bucks and the Pacers make it through to Vegas? Oh, fuck off, nerd. That's right. The NBA is going to be absolutely praying the Lakers and the Knicks win tonight. Who is going to watch, let alone pay to see, the Pacers and Bucks play at 2 Pacific time on a Thursday afternoon in Vegas? I don't know, Nick. People who like fucking basketball, you dunderhead. Jesus. I fucking hate this shit. This soaking fucking carrying water. What about the ratings? I don't fucking care. You know what's awesome in a fucking Pacers-Bucks game? Everything. You've got superstar point guards on either side. You've got the best offense in the NBA, fucking hell. That is awesome. The Bucks have Giannis, two-time MVP. Dane Lillard, one of the most beloved superstars of his era. Who would want to watch this? Clearly not you, you fuckhead. Anyway. <laughs> that said, the Lakers, Adam Silver and co is just absolutely fucking like, yes, mate. Yes, man. I'm so very, very glad that the rest decided to let that time out because LeBron, aren't you? That's right. All right. So there's the unpopular opinion. Just if you're fucking covering basketball, you don't have to carry water for the NBA. You know me. I sit there. I'll criticize everything that I see that needs criticizing, I believe. I calls it like I sees it. Doesn't matter. No fear, no favor. That's how NBA Australia rolls. When the NBA does something good, I fucking love it. When they do something fucking stupid, I hate it. Simple as that. I'm not sitting there going, Why somebody please think of the children? Who will watch Pacers Bucks? <laughs> I will, because it's going to be fucking awesome. I want good games with stakes. This is a good game with stakes, you fucking blubbering idiot. Ah, love it. Getting a bit passionate there, Jim. Yeah, you better believe it. All right, time for Outback Takeouts. It's Wednesday, and out back, you know what that means? Yep. Down in the back of the yard the other day, found a rosella. Partially composed, but, you know, decomposed. It's all falling apart. Gave me an idea. Just start taking out some of these fucking loud-ass lorikeets. We've already had the Currawong wings, so it's like, let's get some of these rainbow lorikeets and make a soup. Fuck yeah. So it's lorikeet soup only at Outback. That's right, it's rainbow-coloured. It goes great with a flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is... Adam Silver very clearly called in the instructions to the refs in that game going, We need the Lakers to make it through to Vegas or you're all out of a job. Only at Outback. And that's basically what's happened. Uh, the other good one is... And this is one I've had in the holster for a little while. This game was fascinating because as I mentioned on yesterday's show, KD... And LeBron have only played, what is it, twice essentially since... Uh, yeah, they played twice since LeBron has been a Laker. KD's not beaten him since he was a Laker. But overall, in the entire giant scheme of things, if KD had never gotten hurt, we'd think he's better than LeBron all time. Just saying. Just saying. All right. No Australian player watch, so let's go straight to the Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence today. It's the first Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber. All right, clap it up. Yeah, LeBron, uh, amazing today, obviously. First Laker player with 20 points, 10 assists, and 5 steals in a game since Kobe did it back in 04, which is incredible. But he's also the oldest player with 5 steals in a game since the stat became official in 73-74. So, me just dropping the KD better than LeBron all time if he never got hurt. LeBron's still out here at 39, setting fucking records and having 31-8-11-5 in a knockout game in the in-season tournament. (laughs) As I said on yesterday's show as well, right? Like, LeBron going, yeah, fuck it. If we don't win the title, at least if I can win the NBA Cup, that's another trophy. That's something where I can go, yeah, fucking Kobe and MJ never won an NBA Cup. It's like, yes, it never existed, but you make a point. I'll pay that. He's incredible. Absolutely love it. 
It's one of those things like watching KD and LeBron. We've been fucking just so lucky. Uh, if you think about the two of them, they've been at the height of their powers, essentially, barring those injuries for KD. For, what is it, like 16, 17 years now for LeBron, where it really hits his stride. And like KD, same sort of vibe, like 9, 10 through to now. Like it's just amazing. Kind of love it. All right, what about a Shane Hill? Shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. I'll press it. There we go. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Heal. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up award. I mean, I mentioned this as well, right? The Bucks. Uh, the 2015 in NBA history with 20 plus made threes on 60 plus percent. Uh, that's the third most makes, though, for a team ever shooting over 60% in a game. So that's uh, that's a lot. 23 is a lot of made threes in a game. So good job, Bucks. And as I said, between uh, Damon Malik Beasley going a ridiculous 11 of 17 between the two of them, yeah, you'll win a lot of those games. Hitting more threes, well, as many threes as the, uh, the other team takes is just fucking stupid. So love that. All right, let's do a Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let us fucking go. Twitter check-in. Let's go to Jock to Landau. Excited to see India Madden and Georgia are not do with their new gifting platform. Get around it. Areta. Yeah. Arte.gifting. Interesting. Seems like a uh, ad for one of his mates. Or misses. <laughs> Good job, Jock. That's what you got to do. You got to be out there, and you got to be uh, plying the trade and helping out the misses. Patty's doing the exact same thing, so love that. All right, let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. How's it going? Inadvertent vein. Yes, not bad, Jim. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Look, sometimes you got to throw it back and go, "Hey, inadvertent vein, how are you doing?" Nobody ever asks how he's doing. He's doing fine. Right, Thursday, we have a huge slate. We have 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That 11 games. Jesus. Might even be more if I can count. Yeah, it's 11. Big slate. Can't wait. Uh, we went 0 of 2 today because I expected... Actually, yeah, I went both the underdogs and both the favorites won. So, bit of a rough one, but you get them on the big job sometimes. Uh, tomorrow, though, we have Orlando going to Cleveland. This is a really fun game because the Magic have a really solid defense. Cleveland had a lot of size. Orlando, a lot of size in the perimeter. And it's that size in the perimeter that I'm going to trust in a little bit here. So Orlando plus four and a half in Cleveland. Uh, I like the Magic at least to keep this one close. This game should be awesome. This might be the best game tomorrow as well. There's a couple of... uh, It's a weird set of games where you're like, ugh, 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 ugh. But then you've got... So bookends, Orlando, Cleveland, and Denver Clippers, so not bad. Uh, But Orlando, plus four and a half in Cleveland. I just sort of feel like the length should maybe bother. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, and Donnie Mitchell on the perimeter. And they've got the sort of, I don't know, between Palo and Franz. It's a lot of size elsewhere to really sort of F up that uh, Cavs mojo. Should be a really good game, though. I'll take the Magic plus four and a half. Even if the Cavs win, I think it's close. Uh, Memphis go to Detroit. Yeesh. Well, this game's going to stink. Um, yeah, can we, uh, after awesome in-season tournament gear, can we get two of the worst teams in the NBA playing against each other? Yeah, thanks. Cheers, mate. <clears throat> a bit of a rough one. Detroit are one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, which is just a kick in the dick <laughs> for Pistons fans. I actually don't mind the Pistons in this one, though. They had Bojan come back last game. Kay Cunningham's playing pretty well. Uh well, he's you know doing his sort of usual thing where he's up and down and a little bit of consistency. I don't mind the Pistons to finally get up to Schneid and break this huge big losing streak of theirs uh, and beat Memphis. So give me the plus one and a half for Detroit just because the Grizzlies are still a shell of themselves. Desmond Bain will be the best player on the court probably, but he and Cade, it's a good sort of back and forth. You got Triple J had a really good game last time out, but the Detroit Pistons got a lot of size. So yeah, I'll take the Pistons plus one and a half. Philly, go to Washington. This is fucking hilarious. The Sixers are 10.5-point favorites, and I'm taking the Sixers because, I don't know, Kuzma, Tobias Harris, that's like the Spider-Man meme. It feels like, hey, are you getting empty stats? Hey, no, I'm getting empty stats. Meanwhile, you've got Joel Embiid and Maxi running rings around everybody else. 
So give me the Sixers minus 10.5. We have Miami at Toronto. Now, you know me. I keep yelling about this Toronto Raptors team. You can't trust them. Every time you think you've sort of figured them out, and you're like, well, their perimeter size will really help them in this game, they fall apart. So I'm going Miami plus 2.5. Seriously, Toronto, I want to trust them. I originally had them picked to win this game. Minus 2.5. I picked them to cover. I am going to take Miami instead, plus 2.5. Jimmy Butler, that Heat team, I can at least trust them to show up. So let's go to the Heat. We have Brooklyn going to Atlanta as three and a half point underdogs. I'm taking Brooklyn in this one. Atlanta, look, they've put a little bit of a nice run here and there together at Atlanta at times. But Brooklyn, look, coming off that big win against Orlando the other day, they had a bad loss to Charlotte as well. But Brooklyn are hitting a nice little patch of form, I think, with Mikael Bridges and co. And uh, sort of just, you know, a little bit of clarity on the Ben Simmons situation at the moment. I think Brooklyn should... They're, they're look... They're at least a good chance to win this. And if I'm getting three and a half points for a team that could probably win that game, I'm taking Brooklyn plus three and a half. Uh, San Antonio Bandera Spurs. They're taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. You've got Wemby up against Rudy Gobert, the two giant Frenchmen. This should be fun as. I'm also taking the Spurs at home minus 12 and a half. That's a massive line. But the Spurs also have like games where they just get their asses kicked and the Wolves are a good ass kicking team, especially at home. So I'm going to take the Wolves minus 12 and a half in a bit of a bloodbath there. Charlotte go to Chicago. The Bulls, nice little run of late. But the Hornets are just a pain in the ass to play. Even if the Bulls win this, I think the Hornets can cover the four and a half points uh, between, I don't know. Actually, Terry Rozier went sort of down with like an injury. So I might just check that. Terry Rozier, if he's popping up on any sort of uh, injury reports. Scary hours, he said. No, he practiced. He looks all right. Yeah, I reckon it's all good. I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets plus four and a half against the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, look, you know, they've been better the last week or two. Well, they won a couple of games over the weekend, so they're feeling great, but I'm going to take the Hornets. Uh, OKC, go to Houston. This is a really fun game. We know that Houston are really good at home, right? Did you know that? You should, because they are. Uh, It is on the road where they are bad. The Hornets, I mean, not the Hornets, the Houston Rockets are currently at home, 8-1. and one. The Thunder, on the road, that's right, the 13-6. and six. Thunder are 7-2 and two away. I'm going to take OKC minus 2.5. I think they've got the defensive horses to slow down this Houston team. Uh, Shangoon versus Chet is awesome. That's a fun game, uh, but I'll take Oklahoma City. This might be the last time I sort of do it, though, because it sort of feels like the giddy situation spiraling just that little bit with the Thunder where they've looked a little bit out of shape the last week and a bit. So we'll see what happens there. But for the moment, I'm going to stick fat with the Thunder. Give me the Thunder minus two and a half. The Jazz go to Dallas. The Jazz have looked like a mess. They don't have Jordan Jeremy Clarkson for this. So we're going to go Dallas minus eight and a half. Uh, Luca, Kyrie, and co. should be able to put up a pretty big score on this Jazz team that's, uh, yeah, without marketing, without Clarkson... It's a bit of a problem, I'll tell you. Is there a way we can get marketing on the Mavs? Just, you know, he and Luca would just be perfect, wouldn't they? Anyway, Blazers, Warriors. Uh, I was tempted to take Portland. This line was 11.5. It's now 12.5. Uh, the Blazers will be without Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. I think the uh, Warriors kicked the shit out of them, unfortunately, especially at home. Uh, the Blazers, look, there is a, it's just like a really big injury list for the Blazers against the Warriors. So uh, without Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant and co, it's going to be a bit tough. Like Penny Simons looks like he's sort of not going to be going, but on DeAndre Ayton is doubtful. Jeremy Grant's out. Anthony Simons questionable. It's just just a couple of question marks. I just can't quite see them getting over the hump. So give me Golden State minus 12.5. Then we've got Denver at the Clippers and the Nuggets are half point. Oh, one and a half point underdogs now. I wonder what's changed there. I'm still taking Denver because Joker just doesn't lose to the Clippers. So as long as he plays, they win. Let's go Nugs over the Clips plus one and a half. And there you go. Whew. Amazing gear. Because that is episode 999 of NBA Australia. Do you know how stupid it is to say that phrase? 999 episodes. What were you doing in 1999, Jim? Uh, school. Hanging out. Causing havoc. You know, just keeping on keeping on. 
<laughs> I remember a lot of that. God damn. Uh, anyway, we will be back tomorrow with a very special guest for the 1,000th episode of NBA Australia. Yes, we will. It is awesome. It's a great chat. I can't fucking wait for you to hear it. It is great. There's going to be a video and everything. Uh, it's awesome. So make sure you're all over NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG. It'll go up across all of them. Uh, we're all over the socials as well. Check it, NFL Australia. That was a really good one. Myself and Gaz last night uh, talking about week 13. Go check that out. Subscribe. And, of course, the Cricket Talk. No, Cricket Today podcast. That's right. Cricket Today podcast is out now. Uh, I'm not on that. Uh, I'd probably consider myself executive producer. That checks out. Uh, but that's got Stats Guy. You've heard him on this show. Uh, our boy Marcus and Leo as well. The Cricket Boys daily cricket show for the BBL season. Go subscribe to that. Like that across all of your socials as well. They are legends. They're going to be doing heaps of fun shit all season uh, for the BBL, for the tests, for the ODIs, the T20s, everything coming out of the wazoo. Uh, get around the NBA Australia shop, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch for the thousandth episode. Come on. Help a brother out. I've done a thousand of these fucking things. Uh, check us a rating review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you're using on your Android phone. Come on, man. A thousand episodes is fucking stupid. Make sure you're subscribed. Review as well, would you? Just chuck a comment up there. Jim, a thousand episodes, you legend or something. I don't know. I'm not writing it for you. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats as well. As well as Joshua Delarendis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. They're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show. So smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia Sports Australian Band, so should you. Uh, no skit today because I'm going to go grab the squids because old mate's away for her uh, Christmas party. But we will catch you tomorrow, dickheads. For the 1,000th episode of NBA Australia. That is just, it's still insane. So, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Love your guts. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? Speak to you tomorrow for 1,000. And later, Hosen. I don't agree with the part about me being horny all hours of the day. It's a few hours in the day, yes, but not all hours of the day. I digress.